gentlemen, and thank you for listening to Talking Sports with Evan. It's been a uh, busy week since last week's episode where I recapped the Super Bowl. Um, J.J. Watt has since been released. The uh, Packers have some decisions to make to get under the cap. Carson Wentz has been traded. Deshaun Watson still wants to be traded. And the Milwaukee Bucks are sputtering right now in the world of football and basketball. So, with that said, I want to thank you all for spending some time with me here today in this week's episode of Talking Sports with Evan. The show is brought to you by Coach Evan Fitness. If you're looking to get healthy, lose some weight, get back some, lose some of that quarantine weight that you might have put on during COVID, um, shoot me an email, CoachEvan66 at gmail.com. I'm looking for five people who want to start March 1st and getting healthier, getting healthier this spring to be ready to go come summertime. Coach Evan, 66 at gmail.com for more information. So, as I mentioned, a lot has happened since I came to you last. And first thing I'm going to touch on is J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt is now a free agent, free to sign anywhere he wants to go for the first time in his career. And obviously, Packers and Watt seem like a match made in heaven. And I know a lot of people discussing if the Packers should make a move for Watt or not and salary camp implications and whatnot. And I just kind of want to give my thoughts on J.J. Watt and... Why I feel he should seriously, or the Packers should seriously go after him and try to make him a member of this football team. And I will go into this saying that it's not because he is a former Wisconsin Badger and he is from, uh, he is from uh, Pewaukee and he played for the Badgers and whatever. It's not, not because of that. So... You, you look at the Packers. Where do they need help? So Darius Smith, one of the most double-teamed players in the NFL, second to only J.J. Watt. Kenny Clark, double-teamed a lot. And then you look outside of Kenny Clark, what the Packers have on the defensive line. They have Dean Lowry, who's not been very good. Um, he, he, he tries his hardest, but he, he's not been... Very good. He's not been, you know, they gave him a extension not too long ago. And in reality, he's been a complete, to me, disappointment since he signed that extension. You got to upgrade. Tyler Lancaster. Another guy who isn't very good. He, he tries hard. He works hard. He busts his butt. But overall, he's just not very good. And I think you need to figure out a way to upgrade. And back to Dean Lowry, he, and this is what I didn't realize, he played the second most snaps on the defensive line last year at 697. So if the Packers cut him with the June 1st designation, they clear $4.8 million in cap space. There is no way he should be, he should be playing 697 snaps. Now, if he was being paid like a a backup tackle, a defensive tackle, and would play in uh, a few rotations, I would be 
I would be perfectly fine with him sticking around. But being a starting defensive tackle and not really making much of an impact at all in both the passing game and the run game, I think you need to let him go. Lancaster, if you keep him around, you don't want to have him play a lot of snaps. And then Kingsley Kiki, when healthy, showed some promise, so he should definitely get more playing time. <clears throat> I would be quite happy if the Packers, along their defensive line, had Kiki, Clark, um, Kiki, Clark, and Watt would be an outstanding, um, an outstanding group. To, then you have Zadarius and Rashawn Gary as well. That'd be a very dangerous front four, front five. Uh, get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. A lot of, you know, tough to run against that front. And the Packers would be instant uh, Super Bowl contenders. And you, know, you look at a team like Tampa Bay. Why did Tampa Bay get to the Super Bowl? And you complain to Tom Brady. But that front four from Tampa Bay was nasty. Sue, Veda, Barrett, Pierre-Paul. They just got after the quarterback. And they could just rush four and drop everybody else in the coverage. And teams couldn't make the big play. That's something the Packers could do next year with J.J. Watt. If they're able to bring him in. Put him and Kenny Clark inside at the nose and three technique. Put Gary and uh, Z at defensive end and have at it. It'll be tough to run against from a, as a, a team trying to run the ball. And that's a, fr- pr- a front that could get a lot of pressure on a, on a defense. So, I mean, on an offense, from a defense. So, I think it would be stupid not to bring J.J. Watt in. Is he the same player he was in his defensive player of the year? No. But if he's healthy, he is a guy that you have to account for. He he was the most double-team defensive lineman in the NFL last year. Put him with, as I mentioned, with Clark and Zadarius Smith. And you automatically make that defense that much better. And you give Barry personnel that he never had in any of his previous stops. So, yes, let's bring J.J. Watt, if possible, to Green Bay. If J.J. Watt wants it, if the Packers want it, you you can find a way to get it done. You will have to make some tough decisions, like you're likely going to have to cut Preston Smith. He's been a solid guy the past two seasons. His numbers dropped in 2020, but he, he's been a great um, locker room guy, and he guy that tends, you know, brings it. He just could make the numbers that he had the year before. Kristen Kirksey you're going to have to part ways with more than likely. You'll gain $6 million in cap space by letting him go. You'll make $12 million in cap space by designating Preston Smith the post-June 1st release. Um, Dean Lowry, as I already mentioned, you're going to have to let him go, and possibly Rick Wagner. And you're likely going to have to restructure and change around um, Aaron Rodgers' contract, Darius's contract, Adrian Amos's contract, and maybe extend their restructure Devontae Adams' contract to try to work money. Now, the downside, you're going to be hurting yourself in 2022 and beyond. But I honestly think J.J. Watt on the Packers, if you can make it work, I think you will officially be 
legit Super Bowl contenders if that were to happen. Um, two years in a row, they made the NFC Championship game, and they bring Wada, and that's going to make the team that much closer to a Super Bowl. And I think with Rodgers, a quarterback, third year three in the floor system, if they can uh, get you know replace Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams with AJ Dillon and possibly a rookie, which I will talk with about next week, some options there in the draft for running back that they can look at. I think you're a team to be to be reckoned with. So yes, let's try to make a move for JJ Watt and see if you can make the money work. So, moving on, more NFL talk. Carson Wentz traded to the Colts. And I honestly think this is a great move for Carson Wentz. Um, If Carson Wentz would have went to the Bears or Washington or any other destination besides the Colts, I think it would have been a bigger risk. I think with the Colts, you have a quarterback, Frank Reich, who was the offensive coordinator for Carson Wentz's best production in Philadelphia. Um, the past This past year, due to poor offensive line, poor decision-making, um, poor, ball, poor ball security, he had a bad year in 2020. But you look at his years with, um, when healthy with Frank Reich as his uh, uh, offensive coordinator, he did pretty well, and 2018 and 2019, he wasn't terrible. You can say he was bad and terrible, and he sucked, but you go back to 2019 when the Eagles finished 9-7, and seven, he had 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, for, and threw for over 4,000 yards. His completion percentage could have been a little higher. He threw for 63%. But he he was not he also got sacked thirty seven times he got sacked fifty times this year, and so he played in sixteen games started sixteen in twenty nineteen got sacked thirty seven times in just twelve games he got sacked fifty so obviously the offensive line struggled big time in twenty twenty for Carson Wentz the Colts have a strong offensive line they have a strong running game they got some talent at receivers a tight end. And you have a coach that knows Carson Wentz's strengths and weaknesses. And the Eagles give up a uh, third-round pick this year and a conditional second next year that could become a first, depending on if the Colts make the playoffs and how much uh, offensive snaps Carson Wentz plays. And it's fun to make fun of Carson Wentz, I guess. That's the popular thing to do. But he is going to a situation that we could seriously, legitly see Carson Wentz back to when he was being discussed back in 2017, when he after he got hurt after week 13. Before that, he was being talked about as a guy that could win the MVP in 13 starts and 13 games. He threw for 3,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. If he plays for you know those other three games. He's probably looking at closer to 40 touchdown passes. He's been sacked 33, 28, 31, 37, and 50 in his uh, in his career, a total 179 times sacked. And I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I think he just had a bad situation in Philadelphia that he didn't help the situation, but it definitely wasn't all his fault. And I think 
the Colts are the best fit for him. And I think he puts the Colts in conversation as a team that could compete with the Kansas City Chiefs if he resorts back to reverts back to his uh, 2017, 2018, 2019 seasons. And yes, I seriously believe that. So great move from the Colts. Um, great move for Philly aside from the salary cap hit. But you have a new head coach. Um, you want to you, you want to rebuild, get that salary off the books. You have a rookie contract now with a, a quarterback with uh, Jalen Hurts. You can decide if he's the guy you want to develop, or you can draft somebody this year and have him compete with Jalen Hurts for that starting job. So I think it works out great for both teams, aside from the cap hit. But after one year, the cap, the, the contract is off the books, and the, the Eagles get to move on. So they get to have to, they have to hurt in the short term for the potential long-term benefits. But overall, like I said, great move by the Colts, great move by the Eagles, and we'll see what Carson Wentz can do from there. So what are your thoughts? Find me on Twitter at Evan with Sports. You can email me, TalkingSportsWithEvan at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Talking Sports with Evan, and let me know what you think of the Carson Wentz situation. So moving on, Milwaukee Bucks. Losers of four in a row. It, it is looking bleak right now. But I personally agree with Giannis. Giannis is quoted as, there's no reason to panic. I feel this is a big learning lesson for the end goal, which is a championship. I agree with Giannis. There's no reason to panic. You know, it is February 18th. Come March 18th, if the Bucks are still struggling, then I'll be a, be, be a little worried. But you look at the NBA standings, the Bucks are still in good shape. Now, could they... Benefit for making a move, yes. But overall, the Bucks 16 and 12, they're two and a half games out of the one seed. They're sitting in the third seed. And it's not going to take much to me for the Bucks to turn things around. They're five and five over their last 10, nine and three at home, which they have seven more games at home, seven and nine on the road, on this homestand. To me, the Bucks are fine. I, I, I'm not that worried right now. If they have a losing homestand, I might, I, I'm at a, probably a three from a one to ten right now. They lose it. Uh, they have a losing record on this homestand. That might change to a five out of ten. Like I said, I'm more worried big picture. I'm more worried um, on the grand scheme of things, and that is how do they look a month from now? How do they look going into the playoffs? They're still within striking distance of the one seed. And that is truly what we want to work for. We want to be a top three seed, in my opinion, going into the playoffs. And they're right there right now. Great to be a one seed, but we've seen regular season success doesn't really matter with this team. What matters is what you do in the playoffs. In the last two seasons, the Bucks have failed in the playoffs. So if this little stretch they're in right now, this little stretch they're in these past four games, makes them stronger, Heading into the playoffs, I'm perfectly fine with this. It's a matter of learning, trying to improve, trying to get better. And 
maybe Coach Bud is holding them back, and maybe he needs to go in order for the the Bucks to truly reach their uh, true potential. But at the end of the day, I'm I want to see what the Bucks do in the playoffs. As long as they're top three seed or better going into the playoffs, I'm perfectly fine with the stretch that they're in right now. Call me crazy, but again, I'm about a three on the panic meter. And one of the big issues, one of the big things that makes me really frustrated and shake my head is we see, I see it a lot. We get, as fans, and I'm not going to tell you how to fan. You fan how you want to fan. But we get extremely high on the highs and extremely lows on the lows. I tend to be a middle middle guy. Like, I don't get too high, I don't get too low. Because it's a long season, like especially baseball. Basketball, typically 82 games as well, so it's a long season. And if you're going to go on that emotional roller coaster of too high on the high, low on the low, you're going to get worn out before the end of the year. So that's just my advice. Don't get too high on the high. Don't get too low on the low. Just enjoy the ride. And let's just see what happens um, when it is all said and done. I don't think that's too crazy to proposition to make. I really don't. Um, you know, just think about it. Back in 27, 17, 18, the Bucks finished 44 and 38, the seventh seed, and they lost in the first round of the playoffs. Last year, they finished 16-22, or two years ago, I'm sorry, they finished 16-22, lost in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then last year, they finished 56-17 and and lost in the second round. So they haven't really gone much further to matter of the, so far. So like I said, let's see what happens um, a month from now. Let's see where the Bucks are, and let's go from there. So... I don't think that's too much to ask for. And again, the, you just you went three and three on the last road trip. You lost to the Jazz. You lost to the Suns. Two pretty good teams. The Jazz are currently on a nine-game winning streak. The Suns are uh, eight and two over their last ten. Yes, it sucks losing to the Thunder, but you got you get a re- uh, potential revenge against the Thunder next uh, tomorrow, uh, this week, Friday. They play the Thunder once again. So don't get too high. Don't get too low. And perfect segue to moving for the Brewers. Pitchers and catchers have reported, and the Brewers, with some questions, are working, trying to see if they can make the playoffs for to be the fourth straight season. They're moving Keston here at a first base. Let's see how that happens in spring training. Travis Shaw is back to try to compete for a roster spot to play third base. Uh, he he did really well in his first two years in Milwaukee, not so well as third and didn't do too hot in Toronto last year. We'll see if he can uh, if he can uh, get comfortable being back in Milwaukee and man the third base. He get, he gives you good defense, a nice pop in his bat. He just needs to bring better consistency. Let's get Kristen Yelich back to form. Let's get Lorenzo Kane back to form, which he was off to a hot start before opting out. Um, and then the pitching staff with the addition now of uh, Brett Anderson, the starting rotation is looking pretty good. Woody, Burns, Hauser, Lindblom, Lauer, Anderson. Out of those guys, you can uh, have a pretty solid rotation. And then you have Brett Suter, Freddie Peralta in the pen, Jordan Zimmerman fighting for a roster spot, Zach Brown fighting for a 
spot in the opening for day 40 man instead of start or opening day instead of starting in the in minor league then you got your hater you got your Devin Williams you got your Yardley you you got a really solid pitching staff and yes I know um and I'm not surprised Justin Turner went back to LA and if they have Turner they're legit uh playoff contender now question mark I think they're playoff contenders with or without Turner. I never thought Turner was coming, and it doesn't surprise me when he doesn't. So, what are your thoughts on the Brewers? Again, Twitter at Evan with Sports, talking sports with Evan dot at gmail.com or talking sports with Evan on Facebook. With that said, once again, I'm looking for five people that are looking to get into better shape starting March 1st. Coach Evan66 at gmail.com for more information. And uh, I will get back at you all next week. And I will be talking Packers and potential NFL draft possibilities coming up for the Packers. So if you have any NFL draft questions, I'm looking to have uh, a guest on next week. Uh, I've been trying a couple weeks now, but schedules get in the way. Vernon Rupp from. Uh, Game on Wisconsin. He's their draft guy, and he's going to talk about some potential people that the Packers could look at at corner, running back, defensive line, offensive line. So if you have any questions, talking sports with Evan at gmail.com, and I will ask your questions. Until then, hope you have a safe, wonderful rest of your week, and I will talk to you later.